Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, offensive coordinator Kerwin Bell on the Bluminati podcast. Thanks for having. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thanks for having me interview you. I guess. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Thanks. It's good. Good to be here. So, what's been the your time in the last seven months, kind of getting acclimated to Tampa and your whole experience now? Well, it's been it's been great. Uh, you know, I, I knew Coach Strong. Um, I had a relationship with him for. Probably the last 30 years, you know, off and on. I uh, had seen him around and but never got a chance to work with him on a day-to-day basis. And and since being here since January, um, you know, he's everything I thought he was. He's a great young, great man uh, that I respect a lot, not only as a coach but as a person, as a father and, um, and with his family and stuff. And he, he's been a, a really good influence, I think, on us and as coaches. And he, he's really got a fire inside of him. He, he you know, I think that season sort of had left a bad taste in his back, uh, mouth last season. And um, you can tell there's a really fire there inside of him. He wants to turn this thing around. And um, I think he realizes – I think he thinks we've got now the pieces in place, so, especially on the coaching staff. Everybody's working really well together. Uh, there seems to be a closeness um, there and guys believing in each other. Um, and I think you have to have that. I think um, it's very important that your staff is committed and that they're confident uh, because if the players recognize any kind of shink in the armor, uh, man, they'll, they'll um, you know, they'll, they'll sort of – That'll hurt their confidence, um, and also they'll look for some excuses, you know. Uh, and so you got to make sure as a coaching staff, and I think Coach Strong's really led the way that we're going to be strong and confident, uh, and we're going to really um, coach hard and, and coach really well together and make sure that we're all on the same page when we go out on that football field and, and make sure our players are, are there to follow us. You know, you weren't here right after the bowl game, but I think team morale is probably at an all-time low. Have you noticed a difference even from January to today of how the players are interacting with the coaches, with each other, just their overall sense of confidence now? Yeah, I think definitely. You know, one thing that you've seen is that, uh, man, it seemed like the players, you know, weren't really bought in as much. Um, you know, there's a lot of individual situations um, when you was talking to players and as we got into spring practice. Um, but we really, you know, I know on our side of the ball, listen, our whole thing is we're going to play hard. Uh, we're going to put guys on 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 um, rep counts. Um, so we're going to play instead of just four receivers the whole time. We're going to play maybe up to eight receivers, you know. Um, we want you to play hard when you're in there. And if you're good enough to play, we want to find a place for you to play. And I think when you do that, you create that environment where – a lot of people are are, are going out there and uh, making a difference for you, you know, and are, are competing and and doing some things that we want them to do, and they have a great attitude about that. So I think that camaraderie, camaraderie, and the way we've created that sort of that that deal where you had to go compete for jobs, and um, if you compete and you're able to go play, we want to give you some reps, and and if you earn those reps, we want to make sure you get those chances in the game to to go prove yourself. Uh, did you accomplish everything that you wanted to in the spring, getting at least most of your system in in the install period? Yeah, I really I thought we did a really good job. You know, the first two weeks we really piled them with a bunch of a bunch of our system. Uh, we overloaded them a little bit just to see how they would react to it. I thought they handled themselves extremely well. Um, but the last two weeks we said, okay, let's go back and sort of start back over. And we really detailed some of our base plays that we really wanted to get good at and, and tried to really detail those the last two weeks. And I thought, you know, other than our protections up front, which showed in the spring game, uh, I think that's the one area we're behind in right now is 
understanding when we're hot, understanding the quarterback as receivers, when we got to make sure we we break off our routes because we don't have the protection to, to handle mm-hmm. certain situations. Those things were, we really worked on in the summer. We got them the guys to work on their work on it with their with their receivers and with each other. Um, and and but other than that, I thought our route running, our our landmarks, where we want to line up. I thought our guys really uh, have handled that well. I thought coming out of sp- spring and going into summer, I think we make some big improvements in those areas. Coach, when uh, one of the things that we've looked at is you know USF went from one of the fastest in terms of number of plays per per minute. In, in college football, it, with your system, it slows it down ever so slowly. It's still tempo and it's still pace, and you're still getting to the line quickly. But are you, you're almost slowing down a little bit when you get to the line. Is is there going to be a lot of check with me? Is there going to be a lot of to, to try and especially early in the season as things get rolling? Well, you know, we we um, we will in certain situations. It'll go game by game. Uh, how much check will me we have, or if we want to just keep the tempo going at a faster pace. So we changed sort of our tempos, um, but we're not as fast as probably they went last year. We'll never be that fast because we always want to make sure we got ourselves in the right play um, and we got ourselves in the right protection. Um, so we want to go fast enough where we can stop those defenses from maybe uh, giving us those exotic looks where they can give us if we're coming out of a huddle. Uh, so we want to go fast enough where we're creating that that tempo to do those things, but we also want to make sure that we're in the best play possible. And if that means we got to change the play or we got to change the protection, then we'll slow it down to make sure we're in the right right situation. You talk about the flexibility of your system. Um, one of the things that we've always said for years is this team had Dernis Johnson for for four years. And I don't know if you know Dernis, but he was he was the guy who could do everything. You can call him the Swiss Army knife. You know, catch the ball out of the backfield, pick up blitz. You know, whatever you needed him to do, he was that kind of guy. Who's the guy that you've seen so far that you go, I need to find ways to get this guy or I need to put this player in position um, because of just the raw talent that he has? Yeah. Well, naturally, you know, Johnny Ford is a guy that that can do a lot of different things. He's a very talented kid. We moved him out to the receiver just to see if that was a possibility early in the spring, and he caught on. Uh, and was one of our best receivers as far as beating man coverage and running really good routes. Uh, we know what he can do once he gets the ball in his hands. So he's a very versatile kid uh, who can really bring a lot to the table. And we're going to find ways to get him the ball in, in, in really good situations. I think Eddie McDoom's also been a big surprise, which I don't know how much of a surprise. We know he's a talented kid, but I think he fits in exactly what we want in this offense, a very explosive player, a guy who runs really crisp routes, and, and a guy who's very explosive once, once he catches the ball and has the ball in his hands. So we've got, we got to find ways to get him the ball also. So those two guys in the slot have been really impressive uh, in the spring. Uh, St. Felix outside, that X, that X receiver for us is that outside receiver who can go win against man coverage, who's physical, who can beat man or really good man coverage. And uh, we really like him. So we've got some pieces to work with. You know, we hadn't even talked about Wilcox. And so Mitch is a guy who – we're going to find a way to sort of attack the middle of the field with him. And um, I think uh, he's he has just been very impressive. I, the way he competes, uh, the way his mannerisms, the way he goes about and works, he, he works like a professional uh, here on the college level. And so uh, he's been very impressive, and we got to find a way, and we, we got to find different formations and different personnel groupings where we can make sure he stays on the field and we're able to attack with him over the middle of the field. We saw that we saw that first play in the spring game where, you know, just right up the seam for 70 was 75 yards like right. I mean, that was that's what I think a lot of us have thought of when we saw Mitch and he was basically lined up as like a 
we were calling him a point five back last year because he was lined up in sort of in a, a position where he's behind the line, but he's not quite a fullback either. And he's sort of like halfway between tight end and fullback. And to see him actually be able to get out in space and be able to use his talent. It's been driving us crazy. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, Mitch mentioned that that was a, a play you had been setting up for for a few practices. Is is that kind of the thing you want to do? Is you know, a lot of coaches don't like to run things in games that weren't run in practice or uh, you know, given an, an ample amount of time. Are you are you not afraid to? Hey, I, I thought of something last night before the game. Kim, let's try it. Well, no, we're getting regular fall. You know, we're going to have a whole week to game plan you know we we were in spring ball and just sort of trying to get get used to all the plays we'd run some things sort of in the same same situation as that play uh, but as we get into the season we'll be game planning we'll rep them out now i believe in really repping a lot of plays i want to be very precise we're going to go down to red zone we're going to work two or three days every week to make sure that we've repped those plays over and over because you got to be so precise. If you want to be really good in the red zone, you got to really rep those plays out. It don't just happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to be very detailed, and you got to execute at a very high level down there. And so we're going to make sure we get a lot of reps um, each week to to get ready for the game. I'm sure I'm not telling you any news, but I, th- I believe it was the last eight games of the season. There was one passing touchdown in the red zone. Oh, uh, what did you see on film in the red zone that you want to fix, uh, at least in the passing game? Auto rushing touchdowns because that's kind of what they did last year. How do you fix that and kind of provide more balance? Well, I think it's a mentality. You know, our mentality is we want to score touchdowns. We want to think touchdowns, not field goals. Um, we were very disappointed when we had to settle for a field goal. Um, and the reason we do that is because we attack in the red zone. I mean, a lot of people, when they get to the 20, they sort of pull back a little bit and get a little conservative and run the football. Uh, we're going to we're gonna also, you know, we, we ran for 40 touchdowns last year at Valdez State, but we threw 50. Uh, so that's a great balance. Um, and, and what that says about us really is that we're going to just take what you give us. If you're, if you're, if you're trying to, you know, load the box and play man because you're getting that restricted area and you feel like you can be aggressive on defense, well, then we're going to be aggressive on offense and go attack you in that man coverage and go score touchdowns through the air. Uh, now, if you're going to play off and make sure, you know, you don't give up those throws, then we're going to, we're going to be able to pound the ball and run it at you. So we just want to be very aggressive. We want to think touchdowns, think points. Um, in that area, and um, and to do that, you got to execute at a very high level, and that's sort of been my I, I, by out all the game planning I do. Uh, that situation to me is the most exciting for me is to be able to create new plays in the red zone. A lot of people, it's funny. I, I get so frustrated watching, watching guys go down, and their answer um, is to go throw a fade route. <laughs> oh, there's I a mean, my God, I, I, my little eight-year-old could, you know, eight-year-old kid could go say, let's go throw one-on-one, um, you know, um, jump ball, jump ball <laughs> and see who wins. I, I want to create, I want to create wide open. I want, I, 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 it's so, it excites me so much to say, look at a defense that we're going against that week and create a play that have, we have never used before, but create that week, rep it out to where we execute at such a high level that we've 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 attacked the defense's weakness that week, and we create it to the point where we get a guy wide open. To me, that's the most exciting thing about being red zone and, and attacking red zone. And so that's what we do. You know, I think out of the fifty touchdown passes, I'll, I'll I'll put money on it. Forty of them were maybe only ran one time the whole year. Wow! Wow! So every week we're going in with a package of red zone plays that you've never seen before. They they tweaks. They're not totally new plays, but they're we're taking advantage of what we see from that defense that week to try to create really wide open players. 
And so that's um, that's something I'm really excited about. That's something I've always been good at. Um, and so hopefully we'll just continue to be able to do that. You know, jumping up from the DT level at Valdosta State, have you noticed, I mean, obviously there's going to be some speed difference, but have you noticed this, the speed difference with the offense that you have right now? As far as my players on offense? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I and I, I know people might get upset about it. We were faster at Valdosta State than we were here. Really? Um, now they're bigger here. Mm-hmm. Players are bigger. You know, <laughs> receivers are bigger. I mean, we were legit 4-4, four, 4-4, four, 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 in the backfield. I mean, our tailbacks were. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all our receivers are either 4-4, four, 4-5. Four, four, um, they were 5-9, five, 5-10. Five, um, you know, we didn't have the St. <laughs> Felix Scott guy. Yeah. Well, I say that. She has 6-6, six, six, 230-pound guys playing with the Kansas City Chiefs now, one of our receivers, that didn't play a whole lot. Um, played some tight end. We moved him in and out. Got You know, got some matchups with him. Um he wasn't a starter for us. We had a six six another six six receiver that played um, behind our four four kid who was all American. Um, but yeah, we had four four. Our Y ran four four. Our H was a true legit. Well, Z was a true legit. He might have been four three. He ran four four electronic. Um, who was all American? H was a four four, and then X was a young freshman that's a four five. He's six three. Um, so we had some really talented kids who could run, and that's what we recruited. And that's what I think if you look at our class coming in that we just got committed, every one of them are four, 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 fives, you know. So we don't have the four, six, and four, sevens. Now, the guys are a little big, bigger, but that's what they wanted. They wanted bigger guys that could maybe get jump balls. Mm-hmm, I don't right. throw jump balls. <laughs> I, I want guys who can run, who will get to the open spaces that we create, and then once they get it, they can turn it on and, and create explosive plays. So it's sort of a little bit of different philosophy, and, but that's what we want on offense, you know. Uh, your son, uh, Cade. Cade Rick. <laughs> called, uh, he called the plays last year at Valdosta State. Yeah. How how's that relationship been and how important – was it for him to come up here with you or come down here with you? Uh, very important. He, uh, he, I bounce a lot of things off of the wall and we bought, sort of bounce it off each other. Uh, he has heard me so much. It's funny. Uh, just hearing him talk to the quarterbacks and stuff is sort of the same words I've given to him. Probably he's heard my, his whole career and his whole life, um, the way he coaches. So we're, we're on the same sort of deal as, as far as our coaching ability, uh, and the way we sort of communicate to our players. Um, but, yeah, he's a very sharp – you know, one thing he brings that I really like is that he brings me thought, some ideals, some younger stuff. Um, I'm more of a uh, – because I played in the NFL, I, my, my system sometimes I'll get too complex mm-hmm. uh, with the play calling, um, sort of at an NFL top level, I think. And he's more – brings me back to that ability to say, hey, where's our best matchup? Let's keep it simpler. Uh, you know, and he's really good at that because he's more on that level, you know, being younger, mm-hmm. understanding the college kids. Um, and it keeps me sort of from being too complex probably a lot of times um, because I just think kids can learn, you know, and they can go play. And 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 um, and I have to make sure I make sure I dial it back, make sure I don't get too complex. I get I make sure I, we keep it as simple as possible and just go after matchups, you know, and, and get our best players the ball. And um He's really good. He's been good at that. He's he's good at sort of our offense, sort of simplifying. We always trying to change things, make it as simple as possible. He gives some good ideals for that. So he's been he's been really good uh, in those areas. He's frustrated he don't get to coach a whole lot, you know, yeah. being a quality control guy. Um, but man, he uh, he's been really good. Andrew Robustelli also has been really good to help Coach Williams with the receivers. That's one of the most important positions for us because we want our receivers, there are certain landmarks they got to be at. When we hit our back foot as a quarterback, 
And then if they supposed to be 12 yards, two yards outside the hash on that route, that's where they better be mm-hmm. at that exact time because we're working certain, certain areas of the field. And so we want to be that precise. And so Coach, uh, Coach uh, Robustelli, who's a quality control guy who played for me, was All-American, um, who now is coaching and coached, coached our receivers last year, has been really important. So those guys have really done a great job. I tell you, the guys that's Coach Williams, you know, Sean – Sean and um, and Justin, um, the guys that were kept, they have really bought into our system. They love what we do, and they've really bought in and really tried to learn it. And I think we're going to do a really good job of teaching that this fall. What's the one thing you mentioned offensive line? Is that the one area of improvement that you want to see in the fall from tomorrow to you know, August 30th? Well, listen, we can call up all these great ball plays I was talking about a while ago and got excited about, but if we can't protect and, and win the line of scrimmage, you're not going to win and be a consistent football team offensively. So – we got to be really good in that area, and um, I, I trust I had to bring Coach Darvo. You know, I, I, when I got to Valdez State, my O-line coach didn't come with me. He wound up staying and getting in personal, in sort of business world. Um, and um, But, man, I, I was really impressed with Coach Darvo. It was the first time I met him. Uh, he'd been there with Coach Dean, and um, he is a sharp guy. He's very detailed in his coaching. He really works players. He demands a lot from them, but they all love him because he developed that he develops that relationship off the field with them, and he just gets them to play at a high level. And um, you know, I've taught him sort of told him was that first year was sort of learning process of what I wanted, and since then he's been right on the mark of how I want it taught. And um, I really believe that's an area that we can really improve in. We got some very talented kids, um, but I think our system is going to really sort of help them um, sort of take it to a different level. I think they've bought into what we're doing. They're excited about it. And he's going to do a really good job of getting those guys to play at their at the very best. I was going to say, how much is conditioning a part of that? Because we're asking these kids to do different things last year. Um, and, you know, they're running a lot of power. They're running a lot of dive, you know. And now they're coming into your system, which is probably going to be a lot more pass block. Um, how does that affect um, where they are in their process? Because you're asking kids to add or lose weight or do whatever – Pick up speed. Yeah. You know, one thing I love is in, in that interior, you got two seniors. If, if we keep Billy out where we've got him right now, left tackle, and him and Norman's two seniors, veterans, who's played a lot of snaps, protecting yeah. your edges. And now we're moving and Donovan inside, you got three really good young sophomores, all three sophomores that can all play. And uh, I mean, at a very high level, very physical, very powerful guys in there. And so, we feel like, you know, that group really gives us a chance to be really good. We've asked, you know, guys to get really good shape. And we've really, I tell you, Coach Moore has really done a great job this summer. They have ran a lot. And um, <laughs> you see them big guys now, they can really run, you know. Um, and so I like that because, yeah, we want our guys to be really athletic. We don't need that 350, 60-pound guy. You know, right. I want that 310 that's slim and it can run, that's powerful. And I know um, Donovan was at 340-something this spring. He's down to probably 320-something. Oh, wow. You know, so we got guys that are really buying in. They want to be athletic. They want to be able to run, to be able to pull and outside zones and really reach and and get on the edges. And then also in your pass block situations. So we're trying to get them to sort of fit more what we do. And I think Coach Moore has really helped us in that area through the spring and the summer. And, uh, man, they look so much better than even just in the spring coming back here for fall. So I'm excited to see them guys on the field um, tomorrow for the first time. I know no offense coordinator takes a job unless they actually get to look at some film. 
uh, before they take job. What did you see when you saw this team last year, and particularly at a quarterback? Because you knew you had Blake for one more year, five-star kid. You knew his history. What did you see on film, and what can he do? What do you see him being able to do in your system? Well, I seen a kid with unlimited physical ability. You know, when you watch him, he can run. He's got good feet. He's he's got a really great arm. Can make all the throws. Big, strong kid. Um, I thought there were some things that we could work on, especially after I got him in the spring. You know, quiet his feet, get his feet a little bit quieter in the pocket. Don't be so panicky a little bit. I call it panicky. What I mean is you feel a little pressure instead of running, just sort of slide, just real quiet feet. It's Tom Brady's a great example. Just slide over a little bit. Keep that great base underneath you, Drew Brees. Be able to make those – so you keep your eyes downfield. Uh, instead of running into trouble, you sort of just slide and just um, just just work the pocket with poise. And so we've really worked on that. I think that's his biggest deal is we got to make sure that that um, he has quiet feet, that he develops that poise with his feet to not be able to, you know, uh, and, I, and I think a lot of it goes back to, I think, and I, what I'm hoping is this offense fits him a little bit better because we get five guys out in our progressions. And so he always has somebody, and the way we sort of do it, we try to get three against two or four against three. So we always try to get a guy where he can go to – it may be a check down for five yards, but we try to create a, a situation where if they take away the first two guys, that third guy should be open. You know, So we're always trying to overload one side of the field or one, one area of the field, and um, which always gives him an option to get rid of the football. Last year, it seemed like to me, just watching, you know, they had two receivers working over here, two over here, and the back never got out. So if them two wasn't available, I mean, he, there was nothing to do, you know, right. but to run or to take off. Um, here, as he's got more into the spring and went through those progressions, it seemed to get out of his hand a little bit quicker. You know, instead of panicking and taking off, he now is relying on throwing that little check down or throwing that swing to that back uh, because the options are there for him to get the ball out of his hand. And let your athletes do the work, you know, and 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 you know, but also have the possibility if if those guys are covered and, and there's there's nobody open, then you have that athletic ability to go run. But you don't have to run as much as you did last year, and that's what we want to see out of him. We want to see him be able to learn the system to the point where he can get the ball out of his hand and let our athletes go to work. Uh, behind him is Jordan McLeod, who I, I think was far and away the, the best backup option in the spring um, he's the only one returning now uh, you've got yeah. three, three walk-ons <laughs> and a true freshman Jack Lewis Evans who is uh, recovering from surgery what what's that going to be like you have basically two healthy quarterbacks for some time and then you've got three walk-ons how do you try to balance that and try to find uh, your second and third guy and you know yeah it goes out where, where are we at from there well, I really like what Jordan did in the spring. I thought he picked up our system well. He showed a lot of poise. You know, he's 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 got that ability when trash is around him and things around him, he stays really calm, um, which I really like. Um, so we got to just continue, continue to develop him. You know, he's limited a little bit in some things, some maybe his arm strength and things like that. But um, uh, in this system, to me, it's – Fits that kind of guy, a guy who's poised, who can see the play, who can anticipate, throw to open instead of waiting until a guy's open and having to use your strength, arm strength. We're all about throwing the spots and, and, and throwing guys open. So a guy like him can really thrive in his system. So we really like his where he can go as far as playing here. Um, and we got to get him some reps. You know, we got to get him a lot of reps in the fall. We get in the season, we got to find some reps for him so he's ready to go if we need him. Um, and then what we did with those three walk-ons, you know, we we said, hey, we got to go find the guy. That third guy might be a walk-on. 
you know, we don't know how Jacquez, you never know how a freshman, especially quarterbacks, will come in and um, and be able to pick up the things we ask yeah. him to do and be ready to go. Um, so we'll, we'll get Quezzy as quick as we can up to speed. But then we went out and found three guys we really have confidence in that can go, we think can go be our third guy or maybe compete for the backup job. So early on, we're going to give those three guys a chance, see who can do it. You know, Augie, who was a walk-on at, at Miami, but had other offers coming out of school, but loved the Miami Hurricanes, walked on there. Uh, he's got some ability. He's a one thing about him. He's a winner. You know, he don't look the prettiest doing it, but he's gonna he's gonna throw it to the right guy. He's gonna be tough. He can run with the football. Uh, and then these other two guys also are very talented. They played some college football. You know, one's at junior college. One was up at um, Gardner Webb. So. We think we've got a chance to maybe find another guy who can help us in that rotation. Uh, you know, but going into this year, we got to make sure that we keep those guys healthy, uh, Jordan and Blake. And then from there, we got to find, you know, hopefully we'll find one or two out of these these four mm-hmm. to help us as far as depth's concerned. Best ball coach story. Ball coach. Yeah. What's your what's your favorite story as as being a, a, a coach um, in the South, running this kind of system? what's your we're all influenced by Sparrier, you know yeah i mean we all you know what i mean what's your favorite story um about how the, the change from you know because you've been around a long time you remember when the sec was all banging the ball into into the line yeah. and now it's become this like spread talk about that change and your favorite story from how that's become you know i mean you came from a program where when you were a player that was completely an evolution and had turned completely over Mm-hmm. So, what's your what's your favorite story from that point? Well, you know, I I, um, I got a chance to work with Coach Spurrier as a GA. Um, it's funny, I, I graduated from Florida in 1988 with a degree in psychology. Right. And the reason I got my degree in psychology because I didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> and, and when I got to be a junior, people said, well, "Okay, what do you want to do, Carl?" And I'm like, "I don't know." So, liberal arts and science is a broad degree, you know. And I, I was interested in psychology, so I got my degree there with the idea that I, I didn't know really what, I just wanted to play the game of football. Uh, but in, and um, never thought about coaching. Um, never thought one minute. It's funny, even though I was playing and in college, I never thought one minute about being a, a football coach. Um, but in 1990, two years after being out and being in the NFL, I got hurt uh, when I was here with the Buccaneers, uh, tore my ACL playing pickup basketball. Where? Uh, in my hometown. Oh no. In the off season. Um, <laughs> basketball, Basketball injuries every year. It is, ain't it? Every single Tore my ACL. (laughs) And so I had to come tell Coach Perkins, you know, and those guys and our doctors here. They said, hey, let's see if we can rehab and you can play with a brace. Some guys have played without an ACL. I rehabbed for about three months in June of that year. Um, We were here there at Bowen, one buck place, went out on the field to try to – with the doctor and Coach Perkins, and uh, the doctor failed me. And it's good. I'm glad I didn't because I would have tried to play with it and messed my knee all up. You know, I probably have a knee replacement now. But um, it was still really loose, and I couldn't really perform. So they um, they released me, and Coach Spurrier hired me as a graduate assistant then in 1990 that that summer. And I went to Florida, and I had reconstruction knee surgery done on my ACL. And um, that's when I decided to want to be a coach. It's funny. The light clicked on when I seen how Coach Spurrier, his first year at Florida, I seen almost perfection on the field. And that caught my interest as a coach. Because in the before, when I was a player and seen other guys coach, it didn't seem that complicated to me. It didn't seem that – it wasn't that intriguing to me to watch a guy coach. But when I watched Coach Spurrier handle quarterbacks and just the – 
the way he taught the precision of routes and the rhythm of a quarterback with his steps and his reading and the and tying that to the receiver routes, that precision, you know, when he was first at Florida was just something that really caught my eye and got me very interested in coaching. And from that point on, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And um, it's funny, I had the psychology degree, which is really a good, you know, really good when you're dealing with young kids. Um, and so everything worked out. But, um, you know, as I went back, then after that season, I went back and played, started playing again for another nine years. Right. Yeah. That's. And I was going to ask you about that. What's your, you were in the World League. Yeah. You, um, play, play Canada as well? World League, uh, went back in the World League, so it started up that January. So I left, left, probably should have stayed in coaching then, but uh, <laughs> went back and um, and went into the World League with the Orlando Thunder right. for oh, two we know, years. We, we, we that, jersey. Picture, that, that jersey. That picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bright green uniforms, lime green uniforms. <laughs> then went over to um, Sacramento, California in the CFL, and then went up to my first year in, in Canada was in Edmonton as their starter um, up there um, for a year. And then, you know, Lindy Infante, who had tried to recruit me or draft me out of co- college, um, uh, he was with the Green Bay Packers. He then called, and um, and he was with the Indianapolis Colts then, uh, became the head coach there. And so I got back to the NFL there in 1996-97 with the Colts um, and, um, and then went back to Canada and finished my career up there in, in Toronto. But um, through all that, you know, I knew I wanted to come back and coach one day. Uh, wound up my last couple of years in Toronto as a player coach. Uh, sort of ran the offense there, um, which was tough because you played on, you know, played the next day. You usually have an off day. Yeah. I was in there putting together <laughs> game plans, you know. And up there, quarterbacks call their own plays anyway. So I was already doing those things, but um, I was also putting together the game plan. And so I knew that was something that I was really good at, and I, I really it was interesting to me. But it all started there as a GA with Coach Spurrier, seeing just almost perfection on the field. And um, when I'm out there coaching now, that's that's what I try to – I want to see how perfect we can be. How I want to see – yeah, I want people to look at us and say, man, that team executes a very high level, um, you know, and we want to be that that way. And so that's sort of what, what drives me as a coach is to be able to get guys to buy into that and, and perform at a very high level. So – when you were when you played UF, I mean, it was that old school offense. It yeah. was a lot of power. High right? formation, yep. To ever line that up, and now to see you, I mean, you're throwing the ball all over the place, so you can see the influence of that that fun and gun and all that fun stuff to, to in what you do now. Uh, yeah. I mean, you you haven't been just an offense coordinator in let's say, sixteen years. How weird is it not being the one calling the shots now? You mean a head coach? Yeah, oh, you've just been office a head coach, coach for yeah. sixteen years, and now this first year in sixteen years, you're not you're not the the head ball coach. Uh, is it weird not being the one calling the shots? Um, you know, I th- I was wondering about that. How is that going to feel? You know, but um, man, I respect Coach Coach Strong so much as a head coach, and um, you know, he he knows what he's doing. He's been very successful, so it's been good to to you know. I think if you'd went in behind, maybe under someone that maybe was a little bit maybe not as um, I was experienced, you know, I was doing things you didn't really believe in. Mm-hmm. You might be looking at things a different way. But Coach Strong really has been around. He knows exactly how to run a team. And it's been good to now just sit back and say, okay, I'm in charge of this offense. I don't have to deal with discipline. I don't have to deal with players coming to my office every day wanting different jersey numbers. <laughs> um, all those different things, you know, that you have to deal with as a head coach, you now can just deal with football. And that's what I am. I'm just a football coach. I love coach the game of football. I love to rear around kids. I love to try to improve those kids' lives and develop those kids um, as, as 
as people. And so that's that's all you deal with now. That's all I have to worry about is making sure that our offensive coaches are up to speed. We're where we need to be. So when we hit the field tomorrow, we're exactly where we need to be and we're ready to coach these kids and, and sort of take them to, to a high level and be able to execute at a high level. And that's that's been great to do. Um, there seems to be a bit of a USF to Valdosta State pipeline. You had three players on from USF on your roster last year, Craig Watts, uh, Urban. Irvless, oh, God. Oh, yeah, Guido Irvless. Yeah, Guido and uh, then uh, Adam Robles. That's right. Yeah, I and forgot we had this. your yeah. defensive coordinator. Danny Verpeau. I mean, did you talk to Coach Strong before Craig Watts decided to come? I know Craig looked and then came back and then decided to transfer to you guys. And uh, what was the – I'm sure Coach talked to you. How was that, you know, conversation like? Yeah, it was It was funny. You know, Craig, um, Craig called us and said, hey, he got his release. Um, and uh, he's looking to go somewhere, and and so we had him up for a visit. I think in January or maybe December of that year, um, and um, and so. I, but after he got there, I wanted to call Coach Strong and just make sure that he he knew and make sure, you know, just let him know that that we wanted to make sure we were up front with everything, mm -hmm. and we knew he was in the portal and all that thing and all those deals had his release. Uh, yeah, and Coach Strong, I think really, I think Coach Strong, and and he is a good football player. Coach Strong said, Coach, you know, Kerwin, he's, this kid hadn't reached his potential. He's young. We'd like to keep him here. And, and, you know, the kid's just impatient. A lot of kids are impatient nowadays, but this kid's going to play for us eventually probably. And so, uh, you know, he said, I want to talk to him. I said, shoot, fine. You know, he'll come back, Let you know, talk to him. And, and Coach got him to come back that spring mm -hmm. and, and work out and, I think he was only run, he's running second team maybe to a senior here in the yeah. spring, um, but after that he you know after visiting with us in January he went back and came back here in the spring and then called us again in the summer said coach I'm I'm wanting to, I'm want to come and so um, you know we brought him in and um, and um, he played really well for us you know he's a he got banged up a little bit here and there but he was a really good football player good kid good kid and and had a great attitude and uh, really helped us win that, that national championship last year. Uh, you backed up Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize the '96 '97 team. So you were on the field for the for the hail mary that just fell short, right? Or so I was with the Edmonton Eskimos. That was '95 season. It was '95. Okay, and he just he just beat out Craig uh, Erickson from Miami uh -huh. that year. And at the end of that year, which that might have been January '96, he right. threw the hail mary. Yeah. Um, you know, to to almost beat Pittsburgh. Um, so that off season, Coach Infani knew that Jim, they just don't give him the number one job. He's going to get the starting money. They just will sign him to a big contract. So Craig was sort of expendable, you know, with his starting. <laughs> they weren't going to pay him starting money to be the backup. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Lindy called me about being a, a backup, coming in there and being a backup. So I came in then for the 96 and 97 season. Five for five in 96. I just took a look. Yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect from the backfield. Yeah, I, you know, that was um, – so uh, – you know, I had I came out in 1988. It's funny, and um, you know, I was all-time leading passer in SEC history yeah. at that time. <laughs> now I'm like number ten. Everybody throws it all over the place now. Um, but uh, you know, so you think, man, I'm gonna come in and be the next Dan Marino, which I was drafted by the Dolphins. Uh, but it took eight years in to get in the first regular season game. So from '88 wow. through three different leagues, through getting cut six or seven times by that time. Um, but then I, I, there's one thing about me. I tell people I'm not a very smart guy. I'm not probably a very athletic guy. But one thing I am, I'm persistent. And I have a focus. When I focus on a goal, um, I'm pretty well going to be dialed in and, and, and nobody's going to get in my way to reaching that goal. And so eight years, I said I was going to play an NFL game. And, 
1996, um, Jim got hurt, and I went against the, um, I think it was the Philadelphia Eagles. We had to win that game to get into the playoffs, actually. And, uh, yep, and on Thursday night football, ESPN. And um, came in at halftime, and we went – actually, we were – I think it was tied maybe at half, but we scored 21 straight points. Three straight series, we scored touchdowns. I went five for five for 75 yards and threw a touchdown pass. So he didn't let me throw it that much. Uh, we had Marshall Falk actually in the backfield. So that was, <laughs> I mean, that's you know, probably, we handed that's him the ball. More so I, re- I actually threw on third down probably mo- most of my throws. But one of those drives, Marvin Harrison, I hit him with a touchdown pass. So that was my only touchdown pass. So wow. it's funny. I you know Jim had hurt his knee, and we I was on a Thursday, so we wouldn't have to play till the following Sunday. So we had about ten days off. So I had a little bit longer time. And I told Jim, I said, man, Jim, just sit the next – we was supposed to go to Kansas City. I was going to start, you know. I'm like, just sit out this game. And that sucker, he by, – by Wednesday of the next week, he limped out there on the practice field and uh, said he was ready to play. And wound up playing a good – I didn't think he was – you know, he wasn't 100%. But he wound up going back in and started against Kansas City the next week and played really good. So I never got a chance to play after that, you know. He, he sort of took the job back over and, and um, finished the year. That's awesome. Great. All right, I'd be remiss to not ask you this question. So I asked Blake this question at media day, and he no commented me. Is do you have a good enough sense of humor to run a halfback dive on the very first play of the season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, let's see. That's a good question. Is that Brian? Is that Brian you know. going in trying to get you off the hook here? <laughs> yeah. You know, I can tell you this: we we're going to run the inside zone. Um, but I don't know if I'll call it the first play. <laughs> but listen, if they guarantee me ten yards, I'll call it. Anytime you guarantee, you guarantee if you'll guarantee me ten yards, we'll definitely call it. So um, uh, I was telling somebody told me the other day they were laughing. Said, "Hey, you you need somebody's play." You know, I can't remember who it was, but you need. Uh, you know, I'll get this guy's playbook if you need it. Uh, I said, "Listen, if we, it helps us score points, bring it to me. I'll take anybody's <laughs> suggestion." So, uh, but no, we want to. Uh, again, we want to be really dynamic in what we do, but we want to make sure that we're attacking at all all times. Um, so, you know, I, like last year, I seen against Temple where they were playing straight man and they were playing seven man in the box, right? So they were playing against the run, and they say, "Hey, we just don't man you up outside." Now, if you don't take advantage of that, you better work your butt off out here in practice to beat man coverage and have different routes that that will help receivers sometimes receivers maybe you have a bad matchup whether you got to do things rubs or picks and or stack them or do something to help guys win against man so we got to have all those options available but by god if somebody's gonna play me seven in the box and play straight man we're going after them in the air because now what they're telling me is that they don't think you can beat them in the air you know and they're going to take away your run game well we're not gonna bang our head against the wall we're not going to bang our head against the wall and run against numbers where we're outnumbered um, we want to be the other way where we got the numbers and then we'll run it and gash people. But uh, we want to be really good that if you try to take away our run game, we feel just as confident as calling a pass route and being able to win in that area as we do in, on the ground. So that, that's going to be our philosophy. And I, that's one thing I, I said. I did a thing on confidence. Um, Coach, Coach had us talk about different topics. He had me confidence. And the one thing I talked about, I think the biggest thing about confidence, most guys who have great confidence, the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryants, the Tiger Woods, I think the one trait that's dominant in all those guys is a, a fear of um, a, a fear of not failure, of a failure. There's no fear of failure. Of failure. And um, I have that trait. I am not fearful. I'm going to be aggressive, and I'm going to go after people. 
And if we're backed up and they try to take away the run, we're going to throw the football from backed up because we're going to feel like we're, we have coached these guys up to the point where, we're, to me, throwing the football is no more dangerous than running the football. And we got to believe that. We got to coach them to the point where we feel that on this team. And when we get to that point, then we're going to be, we're going to be really good because we can take advantage of what the defense has given us. Well, Coach, congratulations on being the, the favorite offensive coordinator, I think, in USF history. Oh, okay. Well, I got to go do something now. <laughs> you sort of you won the interviews, that's yeah. for sure. We saw, it on, we saw it in your press conference here when you first came in, and we were like, this is exactly what I think the fan base needed to get energized. They need – I mean – it was. It's been frustrating the last couple of years, and I think the thing that was the most frustrating was even your. Well, I guess it was seventeen, where we had Quentin Flowers and Durnish Johnson, and all these seniors. Yeah. Were just like, can you put your system on that team? And you got a top ten football team, and and so we just want to see the talent that we know that we can get here put in yeah. position to win, and so that's why we're all excited. Yeah. You ready to go? I'm ready. <laughs> all right. I'm ready. We can roll. Carmen Bell, I appreciate you coming on the Blue Money Podcast with us. Thank you very much for your time. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you.